0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Springwell. Good to see you all. My name is Dylan, and I am the worship director. This is Jana, and this is Katrina, and we're so glad to see all of you this morning. Uh, We had a great 9 o'clock service, and uh, we were talking backstage about how excited we were to come out and and to be here with all of you for this service. Uh, It was a great time last service, so we're looking forward to it. Um, If you are new or haven't been to Springwell in a while, then uh, this morning we are in week two of a series called The Unexpected, where we are talking about how in the midst of unexpected events in our lives, we can find the unexpected healing of Jesus, so we're excited about that. Uh, we're gonna sing a couple of songs this morning that we learned last week. So why don't you go ahead, and stand, greet somebody around you, and then we're gonna sing together. tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken, no, I won't be shaken, my fear, my fear,
2: To go back through that bridge again. Um, like Dylan said last week, the purpose of this song was not to shine anything on ourselves, um, but to create something that literally says, you alone are worthy, you alone are holy. And we just want to lift all the praise, the honor and the glory to him. Because it's nothing that we've done, nothing that we deserve, but we're able to get up and do this every week. Um, So let's sing that bridge again.
1: We're singing glory
2: so much for this time God like I said we're able to come up here and do this every week with these people that I call family I thank you so much for this church and the support that we've seen this past week for this one song God, that you've used to touch so many people's lives and we thank you so much for that and the ability to do that and to create is such a beautiful thing and it's a gift that you've given us so we just thank you for the ability to kind of give a piece of that back to you and your people. And we just love you and praise you this morning and every single day for the new mercies and glory that you bring to our lives every day. So we thank you so much. Amen. You guys can take a seat.
3: The song that you just heard, as uh, Jana mentioned, is a song that was actually written by our worship team. Um, And so you can actually download that song. Have you guys been listening to it this week? Good, good. You can download it at springwellworship.org. It's also available for streaming on Spotify, Pandora, all music outlets. You can get it there. Uh, The goal was not to charge for the song. The goal uh, was for you to be able to listen to that song and share it with your friends. I think the cool thing about that song is not just the lyrics to the song, but it's the people who wrote the song and the people who sing the song, who actually live the song. Uh, That's what makes that song so amazing and we're glad that, uh, that you've been listening to that this week. We wanna also invite you to uh, go on our Facebook page. There's actually a music video that uh, goes along with that song, and you can share that on your Facebook page. Just another way for us to encourage you throughout the week. You can find all that if you just go to springwellworship.org. We are glad that you're here today. If today is your first time here, we're glad that you showed up this morning. I want you to know that uh, if it's been a long time since you've been in church. You can relax and uh, you can make yourself at home. We're glad you're here. We've been uh, praying this week that you'd show up and that God would move in your heart and that you would experience something real. We hope you feel that today. We're going to continue this morning to uh, worship together through giving, and giving really is uh, not just a moment in the service when you put some money in a bucket. It's a moment when you continue to do what we've just been doing. It's a moment when you continue to worship. You continue to praise God for how good he is. So here's what I want you to know. If it's your first time here, if you're a guest, uh, no one invited you here this morning so that you would give. That's not why we want you here. But if you are a regular attender of Springwell, we are gonna ask you to give. And the reason that we ask you to do that is because it is an act of worship. It's a way for, for you to participate in what God is doing in this church. And there are several ways you can do that. You can go online to springwell.org slash give. If you go online uh, to set up your giving at springwell.org slash give, you can do that automatically. You can actually set up automated giving. You can end it at any time. But it helps us as a church to uh, project our expenses, Uh, To know what's coming in and then what's going out, and so if you would help us with that, that would be great. You can also give on the kiosk in the lobby. That's not an ATM, actually. Believe it or not, it's not a way to get money. You give there. So stop by the ATM uh, or the not the ATM. Stop by the kiosk. It's not the ATM. I just said that. Stop by the ATM, get your money, and then bring it to the kiosk. Or you can text any amount to the number that's going to be on the screen in just a second. You can give that way. Or if you're just regular guy or gal and you want to do it the old-fashioned way, we can hook you up with that too, cash or check, you can put it in that bucket beside you. So if you're on the left of the row, grab that bucket, pass it to your right. Someone's going to be on the other side to receive it.
0: So how's everybody doing? Good? Um, We're going to sing a new song together this morning. And as we sing this song, um, I really want you to pay attention to uh, the lyrics of the song. I want us to sing it together, uh, but I want you to listen as you sing. Um, And I want you to be reminded of the power of worship especially when you're walking through an unexpected circumstance that's left you just feeling like life has just been completely turned upside down. Um, Especially in those seasons, the power of worshiping Jesus through those seasons. Um, I'm grateful because I know that today I'm standing on the stage with people who get that. Uh, people who have walked through uh, difficulty in their life, but they understand that there is a Savior who is powerful, who is in control when life seems to be out of control. And so we put our trust in Him, knowing that He is faithful. Um, So if I could get everybody in the room to stand with us, this song is called Raise a Hallelujah. presence this morning. God, thank you for the gift of worship. God, thank you for the gift of being close to you. God, the gift of prayer, the gift, God, of your presence. Lord, that you are God of all creation. Lord, that you are worthy of everything. But God, you're you are in the details of our storm you know what we're walking through and father you hear our voices God as we lift them to you and declare that you are faithful that we will trust in you wherever you lead us and father today that we can find peace in the middle of the storm God knowing that you are in control thank you for your love thank you for who you are Jesus, it's in your name, the name above all names, the name above cancer, the name above jobless and unemployment, the name above worry and doubt and fear and anxiety. Jesus, your name is above it all. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Alright, you can be seated.
4: Good morning. He said y'all can be seated. Kind of hard. Wasn't that fun? Did y'all have a good time? I know some of you are thinking, you can't you can't have fun. You can't like have fun in church. I grew up in that church where you actually couldn't have fun, and I just think it's a sin that those of us that are followers of Jesus, we should have more fun than anybody, right? Don't you agree? He's like, we know the author of life, the giver of life, and I just think that there should be no better place to be, no more fun place to be than a church on a Sunday morning. And then, you know, like, and so if you're, like, brand new to this whole Jesus thing and you're walking in thinking, these people are crazy. It, we're not crazy, but, but here's the thing. The relationship with Jesus is real. It's just real. That's, that's what you see, and so we do have fun, and it is so incredibly sweet to just be in his presence and to focus on that. And have a good time. Let me say this quickly, uh, for those of you, because I've had people I uh, had you know Texas week, people worried about me with my little arm, my little surgery thing here. And so people said, "You, you get crazy." I said, "The only Hallelujah I got is that right there." So, so, uh, so, so the first service, um, I had another sling on the one I did last week, and evident, evidently and I'm not supposed to do that. So I said, okay, so Karen, so she's, now we, I'm bound. It's like I'm tied down. You know? So I'm tied down. I don't know how this will affect my speaking because I talk with my hands. Anyway, we're going to be fine, right? It's all going to be good. So if you're brand new, we're in this series called The Unexpected, and we're talking about these uh, unexpected events. We're actually talking about unexpected tragedies that can, that can happen in life that will stop you dead in your tracks. On July the 19th, 2003, Teresa Child experienced uh, one of those unexpected tragedies when her 22-year-old son, Justin, died. Uh, Last week, we looked at part one. Today, we're going to look at part two. Next week, we're actually going to look at part three of her story, and we'll finish it up next week. Today, let's look at part two.
5: If you know my husband, Tim, then you know that he fixes things. He's great at fixing things. We kind of call him MacGyver. He couldn't fix this. I was broken. And he couldn't fix it. He felt helpless. That's when Hebrews 11:1 1 became my favorite verse. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. I could not see Justin in heaven, but I knew he was there. At the time, Mercy Me came out with a song called Homesick. I was homesick, homesick for heaven. It's true, the first year is the worst. All the first without him. Holidays meant for family, but my family wasn't whole. Someone very important was missing. I prayed, why? I went to church as much as I could because I thought God would give me the answer. I prayed to get better. I couldn't continue to live with this pain. I found a support group, and it helped just hearing other parents talk about their feelings, the same feelings that I was having. I went to therapy. I read scripture. I dug in the Bible for scripture to help. I read books on healing from grief. I started a journal. Putting your words on paper helped release some of the pain. Music was very healing. I worked hard at recovery, but I learned that you don't recover. You just learn to live with your new normal. I believe God spoke to me through all these people. He led me every step of the way. Another verse that helped me is Matthew 11:28. Come all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I was so weary. It's like the death was all right here, and it's all you could see, all you could live. And then it gradually moves out here and it's not everything anymore. I felt God's love so many times when I began to feel hope again. And soon, I can't tell you the day, I can't tell you the time, but God spoke to me. I felt His presence. And He said, He's with me. What more could I want? What more could I need? He's with me. So many people love Philippians 4, 6, and I do too. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known. What about verse 7? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds forever.
4: Teresa shared uh, two powerful verses out of Philippians 4, right? If you've been in church, you know those verses. Don't be anxious. In other words, don't worry about, don't be fretful about, don't be concerned about. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every unexpected event, in every unexpected tragedy, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the result of that, the result of that is verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My experience has been... And I've experienced a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of loss. And in my experience has been that in every battle with the unexpected, f- fear, this, this thing called fear, is a fierce enemy. And let me say, I, I have battled with fear for the majority of my life, to be overwhelmed with fear, to walk across this stage on a Sunday morning, so afraid, not even always sure or certain of what I was afraid of, but to be so overwhelmed with fear. I understand fear. Fear will rob you of the peace of God. Fear will rob you of the peace of God that can develop into these chronic conditions like anxiety, never-ending worry, panic attacks, sleepless nights. That's what fear can do. Fear will rob you of peace. Fear can shrink your willingness to risk. Fear will paralyze you. I've been there. I've been to the point where fear would stop me dead in my tracks, almost paralyze me to the point where I didn't think I could move a muscle. I couldn't move a physical muscle, and I didn't know that I could move certainly a spiritual muscle. It'll shrink our willingness to risk, to try again, to believe again, to live again. I'm going to talk more about this whole idea of grief and how that works into this idea of live again. Because the people that I know, including myself, the people in my family that I know, the people that I know that I've been extremely close to over the years will almost tell you that you get to a point with the death of somebody that you love is that you can almost get to a point where you cannot live again. I mean, you almost die with them. And then there's a time when you don't even feel like it's respectful for you to live again, to have joy again, to ever laugh again. Every family function has to be almost to the point where it's sad because, again, we feel like it's being disrespectful. We feel like that we'll forget about that person. It can be difficult to just live again. Instead of standing, we, uh, we shrink. Instead of persevering, we quit. Instead of trusting, we worry. Instead of resting in God... We exhaust ourselves. And some of you here this morning, man, you're wore out. You're just tired. We just did a series talking about rest, and, and maybe you missed that. Soul rest. I'm talking about that rest that, that needs somewhere deep down inside to happen, that there's a tiredness that you can't quite put your finger on, and that's what, that's what fear can do. It will rob you of peace. It will send you on a roller coaster ride of emotions it will rob you of peace if you've ever experienced the unexpected an unexpected event an unexpected tragedy then you know what I'm talking about if you've ever watched somebody that you love suffer a long term illness or an addiction then you know what the, you've seen this one step forward two steps back who are we kidding sometimes like it's one step forward three, four, five steps back that rhythm that can happen then you'll know the challenge of hoping for the best while thinking that you better prepare for the worst. Anybody else got that theory? Because that's always been my theory. My theory is, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to prepare, 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 prepare. I'm going to prepare for the worst, and if it don't happen, I'm ready for it. And it, it will kill even the attempt to be hopeful for the future unexpected, unexplainable events that can rob you of peace. For example, how many couples have I known over the years that have managed to finally get pregnant? You know what I'm talking about? Finally get pregnant. Where they've had prayer teams and family members and pastors praying for them and they finally they finally get preg- pregnant only to miscarry again. I remember a family from a few years ago who went through nine miscarries how many couples have decided to adopt I don't know what there is about this church but we have so many incredible families that believe in the power of adoption yeah it's cool, That's okay okay, are we going to clap or not? let's clap But how many of those couples have decided to adopt, been told that a baby is available? And I know this, I've lived that circumstance where literally every, they changed their home, they made preparation, and then find the day that they're going to pick up that baby, the adoption falls through. How can someone facing repeated heartache, not help but be fearful, and develop this, this gnawing, reoccurring thought, what's next? How do, how do we move on? How do we move forward? How do we know that next time it, the same thing won't happen again? How can I hope for anything better when it's repeatedly been negative? Fear? Fear will lie to you. It'll shrink your faith. It builds dread in our hearts. It tempts us to believe that there are no answers. Fear will rob you of peace. But I have an answer for you. Okay, y'all supposed to go, woo! I got a verse of scripture. I'm gonna be honest with you. We're gonna navigate this passage. It's gonna be a little strange at times, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. So you ready? Here's the answer. to so like if you're there, you're dealing with the unexpected, the unexpected tragedy, unexpected events, unexpected loss, whatever that might be. And if you're struggling, Here's your verse. Some of you that have been in church for a while probably already know what it is. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? And timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Man, y'all slow today. (laughs) Yeah. Some of you are like brand new to church. You don't even know what amen means. Just go, yeah. I like it. Sounds good. So these are the words, in case you didn't know, these are the words written by a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul, and he's, and he's writing to this young pastor named Timothy, which I think is really, really cool. So he's writing this letter to be able to encourage him and encourage the people that he's pastoring. Now, I know what it's like to be a young pastor and to be overwhelmed with fear. In fact, the very first church, the very first church, Friendly Chapel Baptist Church, that was my first church. I took the church. I was super excited, and then I woke up on my first Monday morning. I woke up on my first Monday morning, pulled the sheets over my head, and I cried like a baby. And that's the truth. I was overwhelmed with fear. How in the world can somebody, 23 years old, how in the world, what do I know? I mean, I wanted to say, honestly, guys, I ain't been doing the Jesus thing that long. You know, I'm kind of, I'm learning myself to be overwhelmed with fear. And so here, Paul is giving these words of encouragement to this young buck pastor, but it's bigger than that. The Apostle Paul, theologians say that this perhaps could have been some of the very last words of Paul before his death. So you got this picture in your head? Here's this incredible man of God who's been been walking with Jesus for a long time. So he comes to this point in his life and he's he's been able to pour his experience and what he's learned into this young pastor who's just starting out. And then here's a guy who literally is facing death. And he was executed, just so you know. Here's the guy who was literally facing death. And Paul says, fear is not from God. Fear's not from God, it's more powerful than God. See, God knew that this thing called fear would come and steal the peace of God, so he made a way for us to be more than equipped to overcome its effect and to walk in faith. So he gives us these three powerful offensive weapons to help us deal with this uncertainty, to help us deal with this fear and this anxiety and this worry. So are you ready? Here's the first one. It's a good one. It's power. There you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Power. Let me tell you how this literally reads in the Greek. It literally reads this way. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but God has given us. In other words, this is past tense. It's already in the bank, power. When you became a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the power. Because when you became a follower of Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In other words, this, this is a power that you already possess. It's already there. People pray, Lord Jesus, I just need more power. And God's going, you already got it all. (laughs) You know, I don't know if if God does this. I don't know if he, like, scratches his head. I think he looks at me weird kind of sometimes. I think he goes, have you read the Bible? (laughs) You know, it's, it's something that we already possess. We have all of the power we need to defeat the crippling effects of fear. And people say this all the time. And they've said it to me, and I've said it. I, I can't do this on my own. I can't get over this on my own. I can't get past this on my own. And here's what I would say. You're exactly right. You can't. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you have all of the power that you need inside of you. It's already there. You are loved. God is crazy about you, and he's already given you everything that you need. Don't look around at somebody that's more spiritual, that you think is more spiritual, and think they have more power than you. They do not. You got it. All the power that you need. And just so you know, this word power, uh, the Greek word is dunamis. And here's what it means. It means dynamic energy. It's where we get our word dynamite. Dynamite. So you got some dynamite inside of you. That'll preach. I love this part. And I found this. It's on the internet. It's got to be true. It has to do with dynamic energy. Watch this. Producing results. So it doesn't matter what the opposition is. It doesn't matter who the adversary is. It doesn't matter what your situation might be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of loss, what kind of tragedy, what kind of circumstance or situation that you're dealing with. What I'm telling you is that there is a power within you that will produce peace in the midst of this craziness that you find yourself experiencing. But you got to know that you got the power. You have to know. That's why Paul, in Ephesians 1, he said it like this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand with the confident hope that he has given to those he's called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And here it comes, verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. There's no doubt in my mind. None whatsoever. And maybe I speak way too much sometimes of my own experience or from my own experience. There's no doubt in my mind that one of the first things that can happen when you're hit with the unexpected is to feel powerless. That's the very thing that you feel. You can't, you, you can't move forward. You can't control your emotions, right? Those of you that are struggling with grief, you'd love to be able to walk, walk over to a wall and just slip off, off those emotions, but you can't. You, you, you just can't. And so then you, you feel powerless. And then when you feel powerless, let me tell you what's on the hills of feeling powerless, is that you will feel hopeless. And that's worse than feeling powerless. So he says this, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. So this ain't no human power. This is my favorite part of the message. This is resurrection power. Come on, y'all got to help me now. This is resurrection power. (laughs) That sounds so churchy, doesn't it? This is ascension power. This is, see, I lost you on that one. Y'all were doing so good. This is power over the natural. (laughs) Y'all aren't used to this, are you? It's power over death. Listen to me. And as a follower of Jesus... You have that power. There is no follower of Jesus on the face of the earth that doesn't have the power. And when you're convinced that you have the power, this power within, then you're ready for the offense. Now, thinking about this confidence that you know you have when you have this power within reminds me of a time when I just graduated high school when a buddy of mine found ourselves in a uh, situation Situation. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but let me just say this: uh, uh, a friend of his, actually, was his cousin. His cousin actually got beat up by this guy, and I know it's hard to believe. I'm a little bit of a redneck. I know your shop. If you're here for the first time, you go no. But a little bit, a little bit of a redneck. And so here's the thing: <clears throat> my buddy, because it was his cousin, he was going to fight this guy. And so we were in Myrtle Beach. We just graduated. Those of you like knew what. Myrtle Beach, that's just what you do. I mean, that's what you did back in the day, you know. Back in the 70s, you graduated, you went to Myrtle Beach. So that's what we did. And so we were in Myrtle Beach. And so, and being the rednecks that we are, I mean, we set this up. There was this little, this little vacant lot. And so we, you know, we you meet us here, buddy, and it's going to be on kind of thing. So I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, you know my, my buddy, and he's going to fight this guy. And I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to be there for moral support. He showed up with some, the other guy showed up with some buddies, too. More buddies than we had, let me just say. And so actually it was gonna be it was gonna be four against well, two of us. I had done shot my mouth off by that point. You know what I mean? I, I had a little bit of pride. I had some testosterone and I said, Okay. And I was pretty sure, just so you know, I was pretty sure they were gonna hand my rear end to me on a silver platter. I mean I was convinced that that's what was gonna happen. And so all of a sudden, from out of nowhere. This guy walks up, and let me just say, he was a bad man. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, maybe y'all went to school with that guy. I mean, he was like seven foot tall, okay? He was like 6'4", but he was bad, and he was lightning quick, and, 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 and like he was, he was an athlete. He had all this stuff going for him. This guy walks up, stands beside me and says, I'm a Scott. I said, whoo, that's what I'm talking about. And let me just... The confidence that, that, that overwhelmed me at that point was ridiculous because I started talking some trash about those boys. It's a true story. I, I, I started talking about their mamas. I did. I talked about their mamas, and they didn't move. And when they didn't move, I started talking about their girlfriends. I mean, I said some nasty things. In fact, at one time, I'm just saying, please, somebody, throw a punch. And I'm going to stand back and watch that man right there. Tear y'all up. I'm just saying that when you're aware of who's with you, the power that's within you, the power that you possess, it takes away the fear. It makes you bold and crazy. That's the first offensive weapon. Now the second one is just weird. It's love. And you're thinking, what? I never thought of love as a weapon. It, it doesn't really make sense. And I thought the same thing. You study this passage and you go, this, these are offensive. Power, I get power, right? Power, yeah, let's talk about power. Love? Why love? Because when I have been faced with the unexpected, the temptation for me, is to doubt God's love. Not, not, not God's love for the world. God's love for me. Most of the time, I never blame God. I usually think it's my fault for something stupid I've done, a stupid thought I've had. This unexpected event, this mess that I find myself in is probably my fault. And Then I begin to wonder, you know, God, how could you love somebody like me? I forget the power of the cross. I forget what actually happened on the cross, what occurred on the cross. That when Jesus died on the cross, that he actually died to pay the penalty for all sin for all time. All my past sin, all my present sin, all of my future sin was dealt with on the cross. Man, listen, that right there will... Man, that'll fire you up, won't it? But I forget. But when I, I spend time with him, man, that's why I love worship. That's why this morning it was so difficult for me to just move on. We did that song, Hope, and, uh, and Him Alone. And I thought, whoa, that's good. And then we the last song, and I wanted to get up again. And I thought, I guess we need to just move on. Because when I'm in His presence, when I'm soaking in His love, my fear uh, acquires a terminal case of failure to thrive. So I read on the internet that a child is said to have failure to thrive when they don't recognize certain standards of growth. And according to this website called Kids Health, failure to thrive, it, it isn't a disease or a disorder. Instead, it describes a situation in which a child is undernourished and either doesn't receive or is unable to process enough calories. When I understand, when I process, when I figure out that God sees me through the blood of his son, because of the penalty that was paid on Calvary, that when God sees me, that he loves me, When I become convinced of the love of God, the love that God has for me, then this fear inside of me acquires this this disorder, this thing called failure to thrive. It doesn't have enough calories to grow. And and the fear just leaves. I'm just saying that in the security of God's love, there, there is no fear because perfect love casts out all fear. And this, this, is, this is the truth. This is how I process. This is as gut level honest as I know how to be. We're, you know, we're, we got plans, man. We got plans. I've been telling y'all that for a while. I know. Hang on, hang on. Like this fall, I'm pretty sure September's going to be the drop dead time when I'm going to come out here and we're going to challenge you. Can I just say that behind closed doors, you know, we begin to focus on the things that we're planning, the things that we're thinking. It's going to be big. It's going to be a challenge. When I think about that, you know what? The tendency is is to slip in. That fear thing slips in just a little bit. So here's what I have to do. In every situation where I feel like I'm overwhelmed with fear, the thing that I have to do is to go back to the love of God. And once I get secure in his love, I go, bring it on. It doesn't matter anymore. Love's a powerful thing. Then he finishes it up. He finishes it up with this last weapon, self-discipline. See it? He hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You keep going, power? Yeah, love. Uh." And then you get to self-discipline, and some of you are going, see, that's the problem. That's the area I struggle in. I struggle with self-discipline, right? How many of you want on die diet first here? You don't have to raise your hands. I'm just saying. <clears throat> How many of you, like, made it two days? Some of you made it, like, a month. Get your hand out. And some, <laughs> some of you are doing really, really good, right? But there are others. And, and you know what? You would say, here's my problem. The reason that I'm not growing spiritually, the reason I'm so fat, is because I don't have any self-discipline. And so I know I need to be in the Word, and I did good for a few days, but then I'm not... I'm not there in in, in His Word enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. So you overwhelm yourself. Listen, what you have to understand self discipline comes at the end, not the beginning. So you have to be convinced of the power of God. And then what you recognize is it's not dependent upon you. Now, this Greek word for self discipline, it's an interesting word. It's a Greek word that's only used one time in, in all the New Testament. This is it. It's not a word that we have a lot of illustrations of uh, to determine its meaning. The basic idea, which I think is just neat, the basic idea is this, to control oneself in the face of praise or pain. And some of you are thinking, I don't have a problem with praise, (laughs) it's the pain that I'm struggling with. In other words, it's the ultimate self-control. It's the ability to control every element of your life, whether it's positive or negative, whether you're being praised or afflicted with pain, it's this, it's this wisdom, that sound judgment, that self-control that takes every unexpected event in life and makes it positive. So uh, trusting God, it, it's, it's a process. I said this last week, it's a series of choices, it's, it's not a one-time event, it's a cycle that, that we need to repeat, I don't know what, monthly, probably weekly, daily, hour by hour. For me, when I'm in that unexpected tragedy, that unexpected event, that unexpected thing, then to be honest with you, sometimes it's a minute-by-minute cycle and process that I go for. God loves me. He's crazy about me. I have the Holy Spirit within me. I have the power. I've got the power. And I can find peace. I want to close with this passage. Uh, I almost cut it out of the message several times, but I think it's where God would have for us to, to be. Jesus spoke directly to this human tendency of fearing the unknown and worried about the future when he said this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? And the people listening to this, just so you know, they would have raised their hand and said, I don't, I don't know where you've been, but actually, no, there is nothing more important. They, they didn't live. They could just run down to the mall or run down to the next store to get food. Listen, food was scarce. Water, good, solid, fresh, clean drinking water was scarce. Clothes were expensive. And they didn't need clothes to, to be in style. They needed clothes for protection. So they would have heard this and they would have said, well, actually, it's a really big deal. Then he wraps it up in verse 31. and He says this, so don't worry about these things. Saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. I love this. He says, but your heavenly father. He didn't like to say, the God, the creator of the universe. That's not what he said. He said, your heavenly father. He knows. He knows what you need. He says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. Who will do that? Your heavenly father. You're his child, you're his kid, he's crazy about you. He said, so don't don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, unexpected, unexplainable events can condition us to live in fear. But God, he provided a way for us to find freedom and, and peace. It's relying on His power. It's trusting in His love. And it's leaning on Him to empower us to be in control. Even when the unexpected makes us feel out of control. Even when we're struggling to find peace.
2: Let's stand and sing this song together. ¡Gracias!
1: I'm not gonna be afraid cause these ways are only ways. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna fear the storm. You are braver than it's roar. I'm not gonna fear the storm.
2: Faith rise up, O heart, believe. Let faith rise up in me.
1: Let faith rise up.
4: expected tragedy or event or circumstance or situation has been that has left you feeling uh, powerless? Hopeless? Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you know what Processing this? Is, it's not easy is it? Man, this is like th- this is getting down to where we live and if you're here this morning and you say, man, I'm struggling. I'm just struggling. You're in a safe place. Oh my God. love about this place so much is that we can be so real and so honest with each other. And so, no, not every head's bowed or every eye's closed. But if you're here and you would just just acknowledge that you don't have that peace, and you're just struggling, and you just need some prayer, would you just slip up your hand? And thank you so much. So I want to honor you, and I want to pray for you. Lord, um, We're on this journey with you, Lord. A a journey. And, And for some, they're early on in the journey and trying to understand the power that they possess and to process your love and to really understand your love. There are so many voices, God, that even religious voices that say it can't be this way. But, God, it is this way. That is the power of what Jesus did for us on the cross, that it was finished. The sin debt was paid and for those of us that follow you we can fully receive all of your love and so Father for these folks that are just struggling I don't know what they're struggling with God but I pray that you just whisper in their ear right now and tell them that you love them and God I don't know what their perspective is as they look around and they see some other really like super saints and they just don't think they measure up Lord will you just help them to understand the truth that they possess all the power that they need because the Holy Spirit of God, you live within us, God. You're, we have you. You promised you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And that God, this thing called self-control, Lord, is about trusting you to be in control when we're out of control. So God, just overwhelm them. Love them, Lord. Hold them close. If your head's still bowed, if your eyes still closed. Maybe here this morning and uh, you're not a follower of Jesus. And honestly, you don't have peace. And, and maybe you don't have peace because you're struggling with sin. You know, it just has that struggle. And you've tried to be better, do better. You know, you've tried to get better. But you, you just can't on your own, right? And so you, you struggle with the consequences of your own sin. And here's what I would say to you. I want you to know that God is absolutely crazy about you. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And here's the thing, words are cheap, man. He proved it. You know, he went to the cross, God himself, human flesh. Jesus went to the cross and on the cross he shed his blood to pay the penalty for our sin. Wow. And you don't have to be better, to do better. It's just to accept the payment that was paid on the cross. Wow. Like who wouldn't want to give their life to Jesus, right? So if you're here this morning, you think, you know what, I do know that struggle. How do I do it? How do I I become a follower of Jesus? It's really simple. It's to believe the right stuff, absolutely, that Jesus is God's Son, that He died on the cross. It's to believe that on the third day, He was resurrected and He's alive. (laughs) And what you feel right now, it is that resurrection power. It's that life you're experiencing the presence of God right now right there where you are it's amazing isn't it it's to believe that and just simply right now right there where you are and say Jesus I need forgiveness thank you for the price paid please forgive me and it's to tell him that from this day forward I just want to surrender my life to you go ahead tell him the Lord from now on I don't want to do it my way anymore I want to do it your way Teach me how to walk with you, how to live for you. Lord, um, this stuff is so incredibly personal to me, Lord. This truth. God, you've taught me so much over the years, Lord it really is so much fun there's so much joy walking in your love love that will never die no matter what I do the price has already been paid for and I can still experience your love because of Jesus that's amazing and Lord it's it's something I never take for granted Thank you. We love you. It's in your sweet name we pray.